This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 194 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. You're not fired. <laughs> Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections for all of your equestrian shopping needs. Equity Manufacturing, home of the coolest manure fork ever invented. And Kentucky Performance Products, scientifically proven supplements for your horse. Find them all at StableScoop.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena, I'm back Ooh, in one piece? Yeah, you and uh, Jennifer had a good show last week. It was uh, fun to listen to. I listened to it on my transit to uh, to Lexington, Kentucky for the Rolex Kentucky three-day event. Uh, but, you know, I made that trip, and uh, I, you know, now I'm home again back here in Florida. And I got to say, on the way home, it seemed like I was going home. It seemed like Lexington was not home anymore. So that was a quick transition I made this time. That was a very quick transition, but, you know, having been to your home now, it's a very, very suitable place for you, Jen, Glory, and the Beast. And so I can see how that transition would happen quickly. It is a very homey place. Well, thank you so much for coming over, too. It was so much fun to have you. Wendy from the Driving Radio Show came by yesterday and spent the day with us at the new place, and it was just so nice to see you guys. It's it, it's like visiting family. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was wonderful. Except that big spider in the hole that Gracie found. That was a little creepy. Yeah, there, we do have bugs. I have to. <laughs> no, those have... aren't bugs. Those are like, <laughs> though, I don't know. Those are some kind of robot thing. I don't know. Big monster spiders. Looking. But you know, your daughter Grace loves bugs and stuff. She does, yeah. We told her that we have a snake that lives by the front porch sometimes, and she was like two minutes later out the front porch digging under things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had to tell her. I mean, I turned my back a couple of times and I had to say, Grace, just watch where you put your feet. You know, it's this is different territory. You don't know what kinds of critters live under the leaves. And she was like, I saw her looking around like, what's under the leaves? I want to see. <laughs> She's a curious one. And, yeah. I, and I heard you had a fun, you, you got down to Disney and had a great time there. Ugh. I mean, I was the most surprised person of all of us that I would enjoy the Magic Kingdom. I had poo-pooed it and poo-pooed it. And when... um it was just Grace and I because my husband was at a conference that day. And so, you know, we went into the Magic Kingdom and we had the best time. We were there all day and just we didn't stop smiling the whole time. So, well, you know, you took her. She's eight or nine. Nine. She's nine. Yeah. yeah. You took her at the absolute perfect age because yeah. she'll remember it. She cherishes, still cherishes the time with mom. Another three years, not so much. <laughs> and, you know, you, it was just the perfect age to do that. You know, yeah. it really was. So I'm glad and, and, you had a great time because, as you know, Jennifer and I love love Disney. So, well, I have to give Disney props. Uh, they are, you know, I poo poo pretty much anything mainstream. I, I just I'm you're all a about. Rebel. 
the, yeah, I, I like to, I consider myself sort of a rock star rebel wannabe, but, um, the, the geniuses at Disney really do it right because it's, it's a mental vacation for the kids. It's clear of what it provides, but for the grownups, it is that time is, you know, we're actually going to talk about this in, in, um, in the show today with Jamie Cohen, uh, about recharging your batteries and Disney does that. Well, it gives you the chance in their resorts to recharge your batteries because it gives you that mental break you need. Everything is clean. Everything is pretty. Things are done for you. The weather is warm. The people are friendly. And I think for that alone, it's worth whatever you can get out of Disney. Yep, I agree. I agree. And if, if anybody is a Disney fan and is looking for a podcast like ours, I highly recommend Inside the Magic. If you look up Inside the Magic, a guy by the name of Ricky does it. He's been doing it for seven years, and it's a terrific weekly podcast. Just uh, go to iTunes and search for Inside the Magic. He does a terrific job. He's won numerous awards for the uh, for the production of that because he plays music. And But if you want news about Disney, that's the place to go. I'm so glad you had a great time. That's fun. We did, yes. Well, we have a, do have a show. We're going to be, you know, we're going to sort of a roundtable discussion today on professionalism for professionals and, and you know, what... How to, I don't know how to describe this, uh, Helena, how to... How to not get fired if you work for yourself. How to not get fired if you work for yourself. And we... um we're bringing one of our regular guests back on, Jamie Cohen, who is an equine sports massage therapist and a very good one. And his business has just been exploding lately. Uh, and he brings to the horse industry a professional background that um, actually started out in, in sports and education. But we're going to talk about what it means to be a professional, uh, how to retain customers, and the importance of good communication and interpersonal skills. Um, and how that's going to keep you clients and keep your business thriving. But before we do that, I want to check in with, if you don't mind, I want to check in with somebody that was the first guest we ever had on Stable Scoop more than three years ago now, 194 episodes ago. She was our first guest. She's a blogger, and we've been keeping in touch with her ever since. Her name is Jackie Baker, and she does the Regarding Horses blog at regardinghorses.com. And she recently had her first little baby boy. She had her own baby. This is human baby now. Human baby. Uh, human baby. So we want to call up and just take a couple minutes to congratulate her because we're very excited for her. So let's talk to Jackie. Well, hi, Jackie, and congratulations on your new baby boy. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Helena. Thank you very much. How's it going now? How old is he? He is two weeks and two days old. Well, how That's is a big he? Deal. How is he and how are you? You know what? We're doing pretty well. I'm recovering more quickly than I expected, so hopefully in another week at most, I'll be back in the saddle. Oh, you haven't ridden yet? No, I haven't. Jeez, um, girl. Jessica Phoenix yeah. was back in two days after. What's Glenn, I'm just going to say it right now. Oh. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Just kidding. I was just kidding. Yeah, Me yeah. too. Saddle is probably not the greatest idea just yet, but we're getting really close. Now, are you getting any sleep? Actually, I am. He, this baby would prefer to sleep over eat most of the time. Um, So he'll actually sleep for a good three and a half hour stretch at night. Um, And my husband, Ben, has been helping with some of the feeding. So we alternate and we both get at least a four hour stretch once at night, night plus some shorter ones. So we're pretty lucky in that respect. You are lucky. What was Grace like? Grace probably is awake all night screaming. Um, no, she was, she liked to eat. She was, when she was hungry, she was hungry. So, and I, I nursed for a long time. So I was really the only one who could get up in those midnight, middle of the night 
feedings. But you know what? It didn't last very long. I, I said, I'm going to start pumping because <laughs> I'm going to make it, my husband it, get up. Yeah, we and do having to do that early in the hospital. So I do one and pump and Ben does one and it's worked out very nicely. He screams, gets up, eats, and then he's happy and goes immediately back to sleep. And I exactly. apologize to all the guys listening for this entire conversation. <laughs> um, there is nothing to apologize for. <laughs> Jackie, so when was the last time you actually sat in a saddle? In October. Oh my gosh, it's Aww. been a while. Are you itching? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I have been for ages. I'm actually about to make my first solo trip out to visit since Isaac was born. So I'm going to go visit Ace and give him a good brushing. And hopefully in a couple days more, we'll be ready. I read the uh, – she did a, a blog for the per, her personal blog about mm-hmm. the baby. She did a mm-hmm. blog about the whole evening. And, and I, I love the fact that you were able to add some humor into the blog about uh, your whole baby making process. <laughs> <laughs> baby birthing process, Glenn. Big oh, okay, yeah, that's right. I, I had that wrong. That was 11 months ago. Baby birthing yeah, process. Nine, yeah. nine, Glenn. I'm not a horse. You <laughs> <laughs> can tell I've been doing horse shows too long, Jack. Oh, yep. my God. And we don't have kids, so, you know, I can't relate to any of this, actually. You're funny, Glenn. <laughs> um, now, see, look, I, I can't even speak. <laughs> It's, it's I am infection. shocked she agreed to be on today, actually, to be honest with you. You knew oh, how this I've, conversation was going to go. I didn't. I mean, I, I, no, I, I had an Jackie. idea, but man, you just hijacked it completely. All right, go ahead. No, I was going to, I don't know what I was going to say. Talk, oh, oh, I've been following your, uh, the, this, the whole, the baby's coming to be on Facebook. And um, he just, he came out looking really good. He's, He's uh, looks strong and robust, and and is he heavy? Are you carrying him around all the time? Can you put him in a little bouncy seat? What's he like? Um, you know, he's not that heavy. He was only six twelve when he was born, so he wasn't that big, and he was really mashed at first, but that didn't last long, fortunately. Oh, okay. Um, so so he, we we carry him around pretty comfortably. He makes my cats feel insanely heavy now, and they're not <laughs> cats, but they look gigantic to me because they're. I was going to say the cats need a diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my, so he's pretty good. He likes to be held a lot, but he'll sleep in his pack and play. And he has a little activity mat that's got ocean stuff on it and things hanging. And he likes to hang out down there for a while. So he'll look at that when he's awake and sleep down there. And then he cries and wants to be held. So we're working on not having to be held all the time to sleep and getting there slowly. Yeah, I used to have to vacuum with Grace over my shoulder. (laughs) She was just, she was happy as long as you held her. Ah. And it it turned out, though, that, I, you know, once they sort of mold around your shoulder that way, then you can just do your stuff. I remember answering the door, signing for packages, vacuuming, and she was just sort of draped over my shoulder. Like, whatever. Well, I completed my first one-handed blog post this morning. Oh, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> How times have changed. <laughs> well, Jackie, congratulations. It's so good of you to, to stop by. We really appreciate you being here. And you let us know when you ride the first time, okay? Oh, I will. You can be sure it'll be up on the blog with pictures as soon as I'm back in the saddle. <laughs> Thank you. And congratulations to you and hubby again. Best Thanks, wishes. Thanks, Selena. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, to talk a little bit about equity before we get to Jamie Cohen, who's coming up next in our conversation about professionals and professionalism. And I got to tell you, you know, when I talked to you a couple, all a couple weeks ago and I told you I tried out the, the motorized fork, the shaken fork uh, from Equity Manufacturing at EquityMFG.com, 
I told you that I went around to the neighbors. Well, uh, one of those neighbors, and, to test it out, and one of those neighbors was an older couple. Remember me mentioning that? Yes. Well, well, they have now borrowed the fork because we don't have a stall here necessarily. We The horse lives outside, so uh, we don't really need the shaken fork. So they have borrowed it because they use pelleted bedding. And he called me yesterday and he said, this thing is so cool. Now, he's probably late 60s, maybe even early 70s. And they have uh, four stalls that they clean. So he he said, this thing is so cool. I get I, my arms don't hurt anymore. And he is just having the best time. <laughs> and so was his wife because she couldn't get him to clean the stalls before. So he's having the best time. He said, we save bedding and and we, we probably only use about half the amount of bedding. And it takes me. I just do these really quick. And he was just so excited about this, you know, and I'd forgotten to give him the charger. So he'd been using it for a couple of days and it actually still was going. So I gave him the charger and everything. So he's off using it now and very happy with it. He's just having such a great time with it. But, you know, that's the thing about about the shaken fork is, you know, it's not it's not as inexpensive as a twenty dollar manure fork. This is not a $20 manure fork, but it will save you time. It will save you bedding and you're going to pay for it over a very short period of time. And just the, you know, here we have a woman who's probably been cleaning the stalls till she's 70 because her (laughs) husband wouldn't do it. And now he's doing it because he likes the fork. So, you know, this is something you definitely have to look at. If you have not looked at the shaken fork before or the flexen fork, which is one Helena uses and that we use around here to clean the paddocks, you've got to take a look at them. Go to equitymfg.com. And, you know, it's a perfect gift item. Both of them are a perfect gift item or just something to give yourself, you know, to, to treat yourself because this will be a practical, true treat. They're tough. They're, they're durable. They're really, you know, we use the word industrial. That's the way they feel. They feel like they're industrial quality. And so, they're made out of that bright yellow industrial plastic. So it's, it looks like it's coming out of some kind of, ma- you know, some kind of factory. And it works like it's can't come out of some kind of factory. I can't bust this thing. I know. <laughs> can't. I and just I can't. can't. We, use our, we use our flexin fork, which is the non-motorized one, to clean the millions and millions of, of live oak leaves that piled up here. And we had to get out of the paddocks and stuff. And tri- twigs and branches. I have used this thing for the last month like probably nobody ever has. And it just, it, not even one of the tines is bent. I know. And you know how that is. You get those regular forks and you get like we have these little tiny roots that you can't see that that when you're cleaning the leaves, your <gasps> fork gets stuck in them. Oh, I know. They're just I at know. the surface and they drive you insane. Yep. Well, in most of the time you would break a tine because, you know, because you, you go in and you go and you try and pull it up and you're really hard and you'd break a tine. Yep. Nothing. I haven't even threatened to break a tine. <laughs> so <laughs> These things are tough. You want to check them out at equitymfg.com. And don't forget to check their other products, too. They have some fencing products you're going to want to take a look at, and we'll talk more about those next week. Equitymfg.com. Well, why don't you introduce – well, you already really did. We're going to be talking to Jamie Cohen, who's been on our show before. He is your massage therapist for your horses. Yes, he is. Uh, equine sports massage therapist extraordinaire is what I say. Jamie Cohen um, – Jamie brings a wealth of knowledge to the horse industry. He's got quite uh, the career history behind him. He came into this world as a professional, and uh, he's spreading that joy. You know, I think he's. I think one of the things that that as customers in the horse world we really appreciate is someone who is a true professional because we're not used to it. <laughs> you know, right. 
that side, there's a lot of people who are changing careers and deciding to do what they love, especially since the economy has forced many of us to do that and give up our regular corporate jobs and maybe reinvent ourselves, work for ourselves. And, um, you know, so I think, and Jamie's just done that in such a great way. I thought he would be a good guest today to talk to us about um, what it means to be a professional in the horse industry and how good communication and interpersonal skills are a big part of being a good professional. Welcome, Jamie Cohen, equine sports massage therapist extraordinaire. We're so glad to have you back on Stable Scoop. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's, uh, it's great to be back. Of course you're fantastic. Things have been going along for you, huh? Uh, yeah, business is uh, it's kind of phenomenal. It's, uh, um, I couldn't be happier. 2012 show season, gearing up in the Northeast and just uh, traveling around, doing my doing my thing, keeping horses happy and healthy and smiling a lot. So, yeah, I'm a happy guy. Boy, Jamie, I'll tell you what. You remember 10, 15 years ago, massage therapists for horses couldn't find a job. I mean, they couldn't find customers. They were begging. How things, I, uh, how I, things I, I have changed. I can believe it. It's, uh, it's, you know, there's still a lot of people that you meet that uh, kind of look at you sideways when you're and you come in with your, you know, with your shirt on and your hat, and they're like, "What's that all about?" And uh, I don't know, kind of makes sense to me, but I don't take it personal. No, but it has changed a lot, and and how open, more open-minded. I think Helena will agree with that. How much more open-minded people are about massage and chiropractic, and the three I can think of is acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic that have come such a long way. Yeah, and, oh, and I think absolutely. it started with chiropractic, and then. Um, you know, word of mouth is a big deal in the horse. And plus, the horse industry moves so slow, Glenn. I mean, we know yep. this coming from a technology perspective. But once something catches on, then it really starts to uh, – it has the domino effect throughout the industry. And I think I'm glad to see that – you know, plus you have somebody like Jamie who is a true professional, is really enthusiastic and passionate about what he does, not only for the horses but for their owners because really – any kind of, I mean, sports massage therapy in particular is such a benefit to the mind and the body of the horse that it it can't be anything but a benefit to the owner as well. Wouldn't you agree, Jamie? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I think it's important you don't you know overpromise. I mean, it's a very it's very straightforward, very you know very basic. I mean, you're just uh, you know keeping these horses uh, you know moving properly, you know moving in unrestricted, you know, the happier and better they feel, uh, the better their training is going to go. And really all the, all the, all the benefits come out, you know, when they're actively being trained, but if they're, uh, you know, but if they've got uh, muscular restrictions and they're not comfortable, training is going to be an issue. And then it just snowballs from there. So it's, uh, uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty simple concept in my opinion. Now, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, it's a little bit of a round table discussion, but Jamie, you and I have had conversations about how important it is to have good conversations with your equestrian service provider, the professional that you hire to do to work on your horse, whether it's your farrier, your veterinarian, your massage therapist, your trainer, etc. And you know, you do travel around to a lot of barns in the Northeast and you have conversations with all kinds of people because you work with horses in all kinds of disciplines. Um, you know, Everybody's going to know we're going to say this. Having good communication with your customers is important. How important is it, Jamie, and why? Oh, geez. Um, well, interpersonal communication skills is it's key. 
key in any business, but when you look at the horse world, and, and as you mentioned, there's so many different players. I mean, I, I always say, you know, it takes a village to raise a horse. I mean, but, I mean, there's just, I mean, going down to equine transportation, you said the farrier, the saddler, the, the veterinarian, the equine chiropractor, don't forget the trainer, the barn owner, the barn manager. I mean, it just keeps going and going. And, uh, and uh, often people are scheduled so heavy that uh, sometimes uh, communication uh, is kind of pushed aside. And uh, and I think that a lot of people uh, lose focus and and lose out and uh, and things are missed and and business suffers. So I I just think it's the effort to to constantly uh, be in in good communication, uh, be be massaging your clients, if you will, um, you know, just making sure you know uh, you're listening to them, where their needs are. I think it's crucial. Well, that's a good point is listening to your clients because I run into more than a few horse professionals who don't do a very good job of listening and things suffer for it. It's, you know, you can go weeks and months of essentially miscommunicating. You know, I'm a, a horse owner and I expect certain things out of my trainer or my farrier or my vet and that conversation isn't happening and my expectations aren't being met and I get frustrated. So, and yet it just seems like these folks don't really, um, I don't want to say they don't take it seriously, but they don't seem to understand that communication is important, not just for exchanging information, but for understanding, for giving you a path, a guide to whatever services you provide. So if you're a veterinarian, right, you know, you can't just say, all right, this is how it's going to go. This is, this is the treatment protocol we're going to follow because I said so. You, they kind of have to say, well, what do you expect? What do you want out of this treatment protocol? Same thing for a trainer. You've got a new horse. What do you want this horse to do? Not I'm just going to hop on its back and walk, track, canter, jump cross rails, you know, or I'm, I'm going to take this horse to, you know, first level dressage. And yet, like when you go and you meet a new client, what what is your first conversation like? How how do you listen to your customers? Well, I mean it's I mean you you said a lot there, so I was taking I was taking a lot and trying to uh, uh, going to jump in on it. But uh, when meeting new clients, I mean obviously you want to you want to meet the horse and just have a clear understanding. You know, uh, uh, you know what what is your what is your what are your goals? What are your aspirations? Where's your horse at now? Where are you having issues? And uh, and then let's start from there, and then just and always just making informed decisions. I always I, I tell people that you know when when they're rehabbing a horse that you know we're going to do X, and then we're going to and then you're going to uh, then you're going to put the horse through some through some work, and then see what the ramifications of that work are, and then plan anew for the next day depending on what the horse tells you. It's I it's just that constant communication, constant um, focus on uh, on the task at hand, that being the horse. Um, where you know hopefully things won't get missed and you'll make all the all the proper decisions. I mean, no guarantees, but uh, just the more communication, the better. The more information, the better. And and that just kind of uh, extrapolates out to what, to what you're talking about. That um, that when you're working with these professionals that you're paying money to, I mean, it, it's important that the professionals never lose focus. That that you are the client, and and they might be the greatest greatest thing going. You know, but. But still, I mean, if you're not happy, you're going to move on, and, and there's and there's going to be issues, and um, and these things can really snowball, and uh, and in certain facilities, 
you could, uh, you know, you have one unhappy client. Next thing you know, they start yipping and yapping around, and then you got two or three unhappy clients. And uh, and it all kind of comes about from, you know, sometimes just a, a lack of communication and a lack of, uh, um, you know, kind of focus on on where where the client is at. I mean, it's it, it's easy to lose focus in these in these very busy days. I mean, I understand it. Well, and you know. Um, but, I... uh, to expand upon that a little bit, I've been paying uh, farrier and vet bills and, and other bills for 25 years now uh, as the horse husband. And, you know, met a lot of farriers, a lot of vets over the years because we've lived in different places. One of the things that I think is so hard, and I can understand why this happens, is you're out there and you're seeing 20 horses a day, okay? But just hypothetically, you're seeing 10, 20 horses a day. It's very easy to get caught up in in the minutia and doing your thing and you know trying to get the job done and it's very easy to forget too that this is their horse this is their own you know in some cases it's their only horse so you know they have you're their dead on Glenn. you're dead on where you're going with it yeah well they have their emotions their life their their financial their pocketbook wrapped up in this horse and for you it's an i'm not saying you in gen, yeah i'm using that in general uh right. for a professional it's just another horse you're seeing today and i can see why it would be very easy to lose sight of how much this means to that individual where you are right now and that's the crux of it and that's and that's where you kind of you know at least at least in my head um you know i'm kind i'm always trying to Stay humble and always remind myself that I need to be appreciative that people are trusting me, you know, with their horse and giving me the opportunity, you know, to do my thing. And I never want to lose focus of that, you know. But and I and I hope that and I hope that I don't. And I think that's an important stressor is that when you if you do get to that point, then there 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 could be negative ramifications. And it's and uh, and it's um, and it's not like people are just doing it on purpose because they're, you know, because they're, they're, you know, they're introverts and they're not, and they're not personal people. But like you say, you just get, you get into it and, and it can sometimes become a habit. And, uh, and I think that, you know, sometimes you get some clients that, that feel like they're, you know, they're not being appreciated or being taken for granted. And that can be a negative thing. Well, and the clients, Helena, especially, I would think would be this way because you and Jamie both, um, you're, you're very in tune to, to other people, so you th- th- these clients read right away whether they think they're being blown off or not, you know. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I'm going to come back to the other side. I'm going to come back to the side of the professional. You don't know what's going on. You have to give them a tiny bit of benefit of doubt. Let's say it's somebody you've been dealing with, and then all of a sudden you you know you've got them on a bad day. You don't know what they're going through in their life. You don't know that they have five more appointments before they have to get home for a dinner because their wife's threatened to divorce them if they don't show up at this dinner because they've missed 12 others. You, you yeah. just don't know what's going on in their lives either. So I think you know there's a little bit that the client has to, to forgive too. Yeah, and there's articles out there on how to be a good customer, how to be a good client in, in you know, cross industries, not just in the horse world. And, you know, and that's one of the things that you read about is – Hey, you know, give these people the benefit of the doubt. If you've been working with somebody fairly regularly and they've been good about keeping their appointments and, and they've been fairly professional, yes, you, you give them a mulligan. We all need one of those every now and again. Absolutely. And, you know, so – but that's – I think that's exactly Jamie's point is there is a relationship that you have to have that has give and take on the professional side and, you know, as the professional and then as the customer. Now, we're – 
one of the things that I notice in my little bird's eye view, being a business consultant, marketing consultant, specifically in the equestrian industry, is I see a lot of horse professionals who are great at what they do with horses, but they're not so great at being professional simply because they've never, um, they've not experienced life in a professional environment. They don't, they don't have the benefit of learning from um, a, either a corporate environment or having things like annual performance reviews or having a boss. A lot of us work for ourselves. And it's hard to be, to, it's hard to give yourself a critique and then improve upon that. So that lack of professionalism that I think we see sometimes from horse professionals is simply because they just haven't learned that. There is you know, I can say that there are a few people who are really, really sharp and they learn from their mistakes, trial and error, and therefore they develop their own professionalism. But I, I guess, I, I mean, the, the whole point of this conversation is to say, if you are a horse professional, maybe take some time to consider your own professional development, whether it be furthering your skills as a trainer, as a farrier, or your customer service skills, which is, you know, communications and, and management from time management to interpersonal skills to, I don't know, what else, Jamie? Uh, well, I mean, well, you're, you're, you hit right on it that it's, you know, it's very, it's important to be A plus with the, well, with the horses, but you can't be A plus with the horses and D minus with the, with the clients. It's, uh, um, and, uh, and you're right. Where do people learn that? If they, if they have not been in, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, you know, you know, large professional organization where where maybe some of these things are you know are kind of hammered home a little bit more. Um, in, you know, in the in the small business world, uh, you know, a lot of people learn under under other professionals in an apprenticeship form, and so and and that's super important. Uh, but then sometimes you might get a mixed message. I would think, like if you like, a lot of people learn under. You know, you know, high-end people, you know, you know, former Olympians or, or, or master saddlers or whatever who have already, um, you know, done their thing, they've got their street creds, and, um, and maybe they can get away with not being as personable or not having to work as hard because they're so good. People are like, oh, well, if you want to work with this person, they're the best, and, you, you know, you have to put up with, you know, with, with this or that from them. And they can get away with it because they've been there and done that. But if you're a young person and you learn under that and you... And, and you learn the skills, but you also take away maybe uh, not the best lessons on customer service and interpersonal communication skills, then when you're trying to start up a business, you're going to be bumping heads and you're going to have a, a really tough go of it. And, it's, uh, and, that's a, and, and that's the problem because it, you know, I mean, I, I never really agree with this highway or the highway and, and people who, are, who have been there and done that, so they're immediately dismissive. Of, of, of clients who may have, oh, well, I read an article and I, and I was wondering about this, and then they just get shut down um, because, uh, and maybe, the, maybe the, you know, the professional is correct, but there's a way to, um, you know, to listen to someone, take their, take their you know, their, their concerns in, into account, you know, and then, and then kind of bring them back around to your way of thinking instead of just shutting them down, but it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's tough, and uh, I just hate to see a, a lot of um, uh, younger professionals just kind of lose clients unnecessarily because they, um, you know, because they uh, use an approach that may have worked for someone who's a little more accomplished than they kind of are at this point. Does that make sense? It it does make sense, and and um, 
we're, I'm going to expand upon that just a teeny bit. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our wonderful sponsors. And then we're going to finish this conversation with Jamie Cohen, equine sports massage therapist. We'll be right back. Howdy, everybody. Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm speaking to Debbie, and we have our Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Hi, Glenn. This week, we're going to highlight the upcoming Summer Olympics. The equestrian teams will be there, and we want to support them. And so does Iridian. Iridian now is offering the London 2012 T-shirt. It's uh, got a picture of a horse on it with kind of a Union Jack on there. You can see it's red, white, and blue, and it's in stock and ready to go now. We also have an American version of this, and that is called the Miss America T-shirt. These are all in lady sizes, and please get them at Equestrian Collections and support our Olympic teams. Well, you go to Equestrian Collections and search for Iridian uh, London or Iridian Miss America, and, the t- and you'll find these particular shirts. I like them. They're good looking. I think these are going to be good sellers for the summertime. And here's another thing. Don't forget that Iridian is actually spelled I Ride On. I-R-I-D-E-O-N. I Ride On at EquestrianCollections.com. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about um, what, how we define or, or the evolution of being a professional in the horse world. And we're starting with our, um, our, inner, our customer service skills. I think what this is boiling down to, what, what we're all agreeing upon here is that, um, yes, we work with horses, but we also work with people. And we have to be just as good with the people as we are with the horses. The Otherwise, the bills. People right. are paying the bills. Well, you know, let's, right. let, let's be honest. J- Jamie, there has to be de- horse people, and I'm saying this as a horse person. <laughs> We're horse crazy. People tend to want to puke everything about our horses up all over anybody that'll listen. So every and, person. And, you need to be, and that's something that you need to, you know, to kind of run with a little bit. It's, uh, um, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate people, you know, that. You know, because I'm I'm an animal guy, so you know I appreciate it, and it can. It's not easy, but I I just think you you there's no way of getting around it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, after you've heard the these the stories over and over again, and sometimes from the same customers, you just want to ha- go home and have a drink. I'm sure. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> Many. Which <is> my friend. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, it's you, but what he's saying is that's one of the challenges of being a professional. Right. You and have that's to figure true, out. Though, that's true of any occupation. I mean, yeah. you're in sales. Basically, Jamie, just like the vets, just like the farriers, you guys are all, you're doing, you know, I took sales classes. I taught sales for 20 years. You're just in sales. You're doing everything a salesman would do. You're just doing it on a more regular basis than most salesmen have the opportunity to do it with repeat customers. Well, wait, and you're no, only he's... as good as your last, last session, That's and well, um, so it, and it's and I guess one thing that I I think has uh, you know is important. It's kind of my style. It's not everyone's style, but it's um as long as you're just genuine and honest in your approach, that it's all about the horse and all about the client, and that and I, I mean everyone wants to get paid. You need to get paid, and you deserve to be paid, but. You know that needs to be kind of like a a third or fourth you know uh you know rung down and uh 
and it's uh, you're not always have your hand out. And if people just always think of you as as someone who's looking to to grab a check, as opposed to someone who's you know going to you know you know do a professional job with their horse, be kind to them, have a smile on their face, and promote a positive vibe through the barn, which can sometimes be a pretty negative place. You know, I think that you're you're always going to come out a winner um, if you're if you're if, you, if if that's your persona. And uh, you're never going to be able to please all the people all the time. We know that, and we know that you know horse people can be can be nuts and very difficult to work with and unreasonable in their expectations, as with with anything. But I mean, again, because you're tying large dollars, you know, over the course of all these people who are involved in, in horses, um, and people's emotions because they love their horses so much. I mean, that's a dangerous combination. And um, and but you, you made really you mentioned. You mentioned something as you started out this run here, which is, you know, unreasonable expectations. And that's the key is as the professional, you have the ability to change those expectations from unreasonable to reasonable just by having a conversation, just by opening your mind and saying, okay, this is what I offer as a professional. I'm a trainer. I'm a farrier. I'm a veterinarian. I'm a, a, a horse hauler. This is what I offer. But. I, just because I offer this one specialized thing doesn't mean I can't open my my ears and my heart to what my customer wants. And Who knows? Maybe yeah, I have it in my bag of tricks to offer. But that's tough. I mean, it's tough because, you know, one of the things you always want to do in your position is promise less and deliver more. And that is tough because you want to make these people happy. And sometimes they're, you know, they're tough to deal with anyway. So you want to make them happy. You want to tell them what they want to hear. But that, in the long run, gets you fired, doesn't it? It Well, telling somebody what they want to hear doesn't do anybody any good. You, but, you, but you, def- you want is, to be honest. But it is the easier course. If you're, it, am I right, Jamie? It is the easier way, in many cases, is telling them what they want to hear than telling them, no, I'm not going to be able to achieve that, but I can achieve this, and trying to talk their expectations down, which is very difficult in some cases. It's very difficult, but, but again, I think that if you set up the relationship from the beginning where it's an easy flow of information. You're comfortable um, speaking back and forth. You're comfortable through all the, you know, all the mediums, be it in person, on the phone, uh, via, via email or text or whatever, that, um, you know, it, I just think if you started off um, on, on the right foot, then the difficult conversations are that much easier. That's right. a that's a really good point. That's a very good point. And starting it off on the ru- the the right foot, getting that good communicate. Which Jamie, I think, I mean, that's one of the reasons I just you know adore you as a colleague and Aww. as a professional is because we started out with like we over communicated, but you know also our personalities are like that. But my expectations were always um, you know it, if they were maybe askew or there was something I didn't understand, you helped me to understand where you were coming from. But at the same time, you said, well, what is it? And what is it that you want for your horse? What is it that you want to do? And, you know, I've talked to a couple of the trainers that I've taken under my wing and said, make sure that you know what your students want to do. Why are they there? These girls that are riding in shows and they're getting their nerves up and we're getting, you know, excited or worried or, or grownups who maybe want to venture into the ring for the first time. Understanding what motivates them is going to help you deliver. It's going to help you teach to them, to provide for them, 
So now you guys are on the same page and those expectations are definitely reasonable. They might be in the sky. They might be really high, you know, and challenging, but they're reasonable because you both understand them. And you have to keep, and you have to keep doing it. And here's the thing is that, and there's, even when you do all that, there's no guarantees that everything's going to be fabulous. But if you, you know, but you need to kind of keep doing it, keep staying positive and, and staying the course. And more often than not, it's going to be a very workable situation. Uh, and it's going to lead to a, a much better relationship. I mean, there's just no guarantees, you know, in, in, in any of this. But if you, if you give up, or you get jaded, or you get lazy. Like a lot of times, it's just, I know we all have bad days, you know, but, but remember that, you know, that even though you're having a bad day, every day those people are, you know, paying you money, paying for your, paying for your best. And, and every, and any time that you, that you don't present your best or you take time off, you, you can't keep using the excuse, well, I'm X and I'm Y, and this is this happened and that happened because eventually it's the same old song and dance, and it gets tiring, and people will move on because there's a lot of competition out there, and so it's uh, I mean it's easy for us to to say all these things, but again it just takes constant effort, constant you know vigilance. I think on the part of the small professional, otherwise um you know you could be up against it, especially in a down economy. Yeah, yeah, and you were—you actually came into this uh, doing the massage thing in a down economy. So you—you've had to fight that battle the entire time you've been doing it. Which um, is another reason why I'm so positive because things have, have gone so well, and um, and you know, and I—I I think I'm just doing my approach is, is just uh, where I feel natural. Um, but it, but it's definitely a um, a kind of full force, positive, um, you know, uh, mode all the time. I think, I just think it's important. You know, like maybe my, my wife gets the shaft cause I come home and, uh, <laughs> uh you know, she's and, drinking uh, you too. Know, I'm all tired out from being so personable and all this and that. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, you know, just sitting down watching TV or, or, or loving on the dog. And, uh, and, uh, and then she gets the short end of it, you know, but, um, you know, Goes back and, to what and, I was uh, saying earlier. on the on the texting and on the you know and on the phone with all these with all these clients, who, a lot of them have to be women, so that's always a, a fun argument. But um, <laughs> and but it's a, but but it's true. But it, it's like you're constantly um, communicating with clients. But it's but it's proven to be very effective, and I'm and I'm happy with it. I don't want to change. And and eventually too, you'll find that happy medium where it's not such an intensive exercise for you, you know, it, because you're also still in that phase where your your business is going through explosive growth. So you're adding a lot of new people um, all at once, and so you're constantly in that you're in you're in that over communicating mode. You know, once you start to settle in, I think you'll find um, that it is a little less intense. Because you're figuring yourself out, you're figuring your clients out, and you know, and then you'll start to hum along instead of zip along. And it's very hard. Absolutely, but, but it's 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 a slippery slope. I don't want to. I, I I never want to be like take take it for granted. Um, I always want to be you know um, you know a, a little bit hungry. You know, and it's not hungry to make more money. It's just hungry to keep doing a good job. And yeah. uh, I mean, and just getting you know just. I mean, I haven't cold called anywhere in. 
and I can't tell you how long. And you just keep getting new, you know, because it's a word of mouth business, and and so you just keep getting, um, you know, all these new referrals, and it feels so good to get someone calling you up out of the blue and saying, "Oh, I heard fabulous things. Can you come? Can you, you know, can you meet with me and my horse?" I mean, that is just, I mean, that's like winning the lottery every day a little bit. It's, it's nice. Well, and I think too for professionals, uh, you you learn. You were talking about your wife. You learn to schedule your time so that you have time. Um, yes, that's huge. It is huge, and it's hard. It is hard having you know been in sales for so many years. It's hard to say no to somebody that wants to see you at five o'clock when you know that tonight I better get home. And but you you just learn to do it. You learn that the client adjusts, and you see him the next day. But. It's so hard to say no to that person and say, I can't do it. I can't do it at I, 5 o'clock. I still have a hard time saying saying no. Yeah, you always have. I, I must have got I, you I in a heck have. of a lot of trouble in high school is all I got to <laughs> say. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I was a good girl. Okay. I was right. no, I, I didn't have a problem saying no until I hit like my 30s. <laughs> but – um, the, the, the thing that I was going to say is not saying no. Oh, scheduling your time. I mean, I actually had somebody, I have, as most regular stable school, scoop listeners know, I have a, a young daughter who's in elementary school and I, I work for myself. I've worked for a lot of people in a lot of big companies and had to follow their schedules. I had to follow their rules. When you do work for yourself, you know, you have the freedom to schedule your time the way you want. And there's that balance of life work experience. We all know we're, we're all trying to reach that. Um, and you do have to, like, I have to schedule blocks in my calendar for myself where I go ride, I take a lesson, or I just, you know, maybe for a walk down to the beach or something. And I've actually had people say to me, you know, I'm out here working or I'm out here doing this, that, and the other thing. And then I go by and I see you riding your horse and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I say to them, you know what? That's my time. That's, that's a, uh, I chose that. I'm that's up at 4 o'clock. That's how you recharge your batteries. And if you yeah. don't recharge the batteries, that's when you fall into more of a jaded, more of a, uh, of, a, of a lazy work persona. And then it just spirals down from there. You have to recharge. And you're, and you're not going to be, otherwise you're not going to be able to give the quality service that you want to give, that you expect from yourself and that your customers expect from you. And you know, I think a lot of us are afraid to take that little bit of time to recharge those batteries. And I'll tell you, I will not give it up because in the end, at the end, I do a much better job because I'm a happy, content person. Do you ever watch Real Housewives of New Jersey at Crazy Teresa? She says, Never. happy wife, happy wife, not happy life. Your wife what I watch. <laughs> you lie, <laughs> you either. lie. But she says, happy wife, happy life. And, you know, it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying Make sure you recharge your batteries because when you're happy, it's so much easier to pay it forward, whether it's in spreading the joy to someone else or just doing a good job in your job. And again, I do feel it's unfortunately in the horse world where you have these, you know, especially if you're, if you're someone who, you know, is in charge of the, of the care of these horses every day that, you know, even if you're not specifically going in to do the work, you need to be on top of managing to make sure the work's getting done. So that, I mean, it's so time intensive and I, and I feel so sad for, um, uh, for some people who have to work, you know, so hard, but you know, yes, it's the life they've chosen, um, and, the and, uh, and the career they've chosen, but, but it's tough, you know, it's day in, day out and it's a grind and you can see people, 
you know, just losing tolerance, uh, losing enjoyment, where next thing you know, the horses are more of a commodity than, uh, than, you know, the love that they, that they had initially. And it's, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a little depressing and, and, uh, it's tough. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel, I feel like we could go on and on and on and on about this over cocktails, <laughs> which we do. You know, the funny thing is, is uh, Jamie and I know each other professionally, but because we've had such a good professional relationship, these things sort of stand, our, our horse family gets bigger and bigger up here in, in New England. And, you know, you think we get together and we don't talk about horses. Well, for heaven's sake, we do. We just have a couple of cocktails while we do it. <laughs> and, and I, that's, you know, I'm feeling very mother hen today. I'm feeling very preachy, but it's because you know, I do care about all of you guys out there who are trying to make a living in horses. And I would encourage you to get together with other horse people, with other professionals. Have a couple of cocktails. Have a cup of tea if you don't drink. Have a cup of coffee. And just start hashing this stuff out because you'd be surprised at what little treasures of information you take away from casual conversations about your industry. I mean, we can't get away from the fact that we mix our personal lives and our professional lives, you know, the emotional and the business that's, we're just never going to get away with it because it's horses, but you can find creative ways to make them work together. And I think getting together with a friend or a colleague in a casual, comfortable way might be a good start. Just saying. Well, let's end it on there. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> Helena's on a roll today. Jeez, I'm not going to say anything. Helena's on a roll. And I'll just add, stay positive, stay happy. And um, if you, if you, if you take care of that, you you know maybe you have some you know work on your interpersonal skills. To, you know things just will be better. The relationships will be better, and uh, and everything else will work out. Hey, can you stop Stay over? Positive. I got this little sore spot in my neck too. By the way, I just uh, <laughs> stop over. Put some ice on it. Oh, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks yeah, a lot, hey Jamie Cohen. You take care. Enjoy and uh, and uh, happy spring and 2012. Well, thank you, Helena, for putting that. I love that stuff. I just yeah. love that. I love that kind of conversation. Maybe that goes back to my old days when I was when I was a professional salesperson. You know, I just love that stuff. And we could go. I mean, we literally we do. He'll he'll come over his wife, or we get together with the the, the gang, and we start talking about business, horse business, and it's we get very passionate about it. I know? couldn't tell when you were in that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help. I'm feeling very mother hen these days. I it, see it's that. true. <laughs> I love it. I think I was born to be a mother to the world somehow. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's get to our Tack and Habit segment for this week. Cue the music. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offers supplements designed to target specific problems that are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today, we'd like to talk to you about Nalox, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. 
Alox can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about Nalox and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, I picked the Tack and Habit product for this week, and it wasn't too hard to pick, let me tell you. And you got to see it. You got to see my pick uh, when you were down here in Ocala, Florida. And that is, I have a line of fencing I want to talk to everybody about because it's the fencing we used when we got this property. It's about four acres, and we're in an equestrian community. And there's not a lot of grass because we have all the big live oak trees. It's pretty much dry lots. Uh, It was leave lots before I raked up all the leaves with my shaking fork and um but the you know we had to put up fencing so jennifer and we're leasing this farm so we had to have fencing that we could take out we didn't want to put up permanent wooden fencing and go to all that expense if we're going to be leaving in a couple years so we had to find some what looks like permanent fencing that that is nice looking because we're in a very nice equestrian community and we also had to have it so it was strong because you saw we have the most beautiful live oak trees ever in our yard um, they're huge, and the live oaks are those big ones that have like five trunks that come out, and they're enormous trees. Huge. They, they have all the Spanish moss that hangs off of them. It's just Florida, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's great for shade in the summer for the horses because, you know, they don't get the direct sunlight all day long. If you're in direct sunlight here in the summer, you're, you're, you're going to roast, you know? So it's perfect for that. But they also shed branches. They shed Spanish moss, and little branches all the time are falling off. Well, we didn't want... We didn't want that if we were getting a temporary fencing, some kind of wire or tape fencing, that it was going to break the fencing. That when it comes off, it was just going to break it, and we'd have Beaker wandering around the 1,000-acre grass field behind the house. which, which <laughs> And that would be off. a problem for him how? That would be a problem for him because we'd find him the next morning, and he would have burst into a million <laughs> little t- t- red pieces. Um, <laughs> So, and you saw that field. He would. I did. Yeah, he would probably be fifty feet away from the back fence, but he would be bursting. We'd be calling the vet for sure. So we needed something that was strong and sturdy, and and did the job. Jennifer looked at about twenty different companies, and she settled on FieldGuardian.com, Field Guardian Fencing. And I ended up calling the owner and founder of it by the name of Jason. What a terrific guy! And you know, we had no idea what we were doing. We had put up paddocks before in our our other big farms big paddocks you know 20 30 acre paddocks but we just ran that little electric wire you know they didn't even back then 25 years ago have tape there was no such thing as tape you ran electric wire and you repaired it every day because somebody went through it um so you know that's what we were thinking so this is all new to us so i called jason i said look we want to use some kind of strong tape fencing because of the trees and all that and he said, we have the perfect product. We have a fence, a tape fence, that's rated to 900 pounds of pressure. So that's a pretty big branch, you know, yeah. that, that can fall on this. It pr- pretty much it'll bend the post before it, it uh, breaks this tape. It's one and a half inch wide white tape fencing, and it's electrified. So we had never used it before, and I said to Jason, you know, we're going to do these paddocks. He said, you just draw a diagram. And you t- put the dimensions down, you, you put in the little diagram where the gates are, and you email it over to us. And that's exactly what we did. And he sent a complete proposal with every part and piece 
and uh, how much tape, and everything was laid out for us. We didn't do any of that because hard, part of the problem is you have to figure out how many insulators, how many posts, you know, how many gadgets that hook to the, to the gates and all yeah. of that. Well, it's very confusing when you're on these websites. They did it all. They just sent us the proposal and said, here's exactly what you're going to need. So that's what we did. We placed the order for exactly what he said we were going to need, and it was exactly what we were going to need. And this fence, I got to tell you, was the easiest to put up. Now, what we did is we put wooden posts in the corners, which, by the way, digging in sand in Florida is so much nicer than digging in Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. (laughs) No rocks. Oh, my God. It took us minutes to put up these wooden posts that would have taken us a half a day to put one up in Pennsylvania with the shale and the rocks and blah. Yeah, and the clay and the mud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this was easy. I mean, we did by hand with the little hand thingies. It was so easy. And then we put in uh, metal posts, the T-posts, uh, for the rest of the fencing that wasn't in the gates and, and the corners. Those went in lickety-split, too, in the sand. I mean, just pum 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 with the T-post pounder. It, just the greatest thing. We had this fence up, literally Jennifer and I, and a little bit of help one day. We had this fence up in like three or four days, and it was two complete paddocks. You have a lot of, and it's two paddocks, but it's a lot of twists and turns. And you have, how many strands did you use per? We used uh, four strands on each. Four, so, So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, not that we would have needed to. We could have put a half a strand or Beaker would have stayed in. You know, he's not that kind of horse. But we also wanted to be able to run our greyhound in there so she wouldn't get out and be able to run her in there. Plus, I have this idea, you know, shh, don't tell Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I have this idea that I want to get a mini donkey. Just, <gasps> don't tell Jennifer because she's opposed to the idea. But see, there's why is she opposed to the idea? She just doesn't think we need a mini donkey. But now listen, listen up. There's yeah. this auction coming up in two weeks, which I'm just going to mention. I haven't mentioned it yet. I'm just going to say that day. You know, this is auction. Why don't we just go over? It's this horse auction. Well, apparently they sell like a million minis for like fifty bucks. So I'm just we're just going to go over, and then I'm going to fall in love, and then I'm going to buy a mini donkey. But she doesn't know it yet. But she doesn't know yet, but you're going to get in trouble when she listens to this episode. Well, let's hope she doesn't listen, and she usually edits these shows, but I guess I've just sealed my fate, and now I will be. (laughs) That's right. You will be editing. Well, all right, then. Just don't tell my husband about it. that's why I needed the bottom, you know, couple strands. Okay. But but this fence is terrific. It works great. Uh, It was so easy to put up. The instructions were so easy. We got the caps that actually make these caps that go over the top of the T-posts because one of the things that would happen when you put in T-posts before, if you use a sledgehammer or even the the driver that we, the T-post driver, is the tops get sharp. The little metal pieces come off or, you know, get sharp from pounding. And horses could cut themselves on that. Well, they have these nifty caps that go over top that your tape hooks into, and it completely covers the top of the post. Makes it look That's nice. what we have. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we that's have. Right. Because um, my veterinarian, when we were up on the North Shore, was describing to me a horse who impaled himself through the chest ah. uh, over the wintertime on a T-post. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't describe it to me. I don't want to know. La, no, la, I, la, won't. La, 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 la. I won't. Okay. But that was enough. One, <laughs> you know, semi-first-hand account of, of it made me... I bought like nine bags of those caps, you know, they're like mushrooms. Yep. They're like mushroom shaped. Yeah. Yep. And, Easiest and thing for a couple of bucks, you know, it's, it's worth it an ounce sure. of prevention. Yes. Well, you saw the fence. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. It was really well done. Um, you know, we have pretty much the same thing. Um, we actually have a couple of pieces from, um, that company and uh, yeah yeah, feel ready and and we've got the one and a half inch tape which i absolutely love because i've seen horses 
do some pretty bad stuff with different kinds of hot wire. We won't use any kind of cow wire. And I'm not even a fan of the rope because it's such a small area. Right. You know? Right. Um, and hit it hard. Yep. Yep. And somebody invariably will go through it. So I think the tape is just a better bet. And it is strong, you know, the strength. And it's nice. I also like that you can see the filaments, the little metal threads right. through the tape. And that I don't know why, but it makes me feel better. Because <laughs> right. when I touch it to test it. <laughs> he uh, he challenged himself. Uh, the first day we had him out there, he thought, well, you know, I've been living in wooden fencing. So I rub my butt on the wooden fencing. I'm just going to rub my butt on this fencing. So he took off like a bat out of hell across the paddock and discovered he probably shouldn't do that anymore. We haven't had a problem with him challenging the tape ever since. <laughs> He's a smart boy. Well, you know how we used to do it when we had the wire fencing? Because you remember the wire was dark. They couldn't see that. And, no. you know, 25 years ago when that's all you had, a little strand of wire, you used to, put, used to take a ribbon and tie ribbon to it all across the fencing so they'd see it. Well, one of the ways you did is you walked them around the edge of the fencing and you backed them into it a couple times. And that's how they knew it was hot, and they knew not to challenge it. So, um, but you know, we didn't have to do that here. Yeah, <laughs> he figured yeah. that out on his own. And the wow. dog has been great in it too. So it's worked out very well. It's affordable. This company's really affordable. Yet it's good stuff. How'd you like the gates? They're cool. oh my uh, gosh, yes, yep. The gates. Love them. Well, you know what you'd have most of the time when you have wire or tape fencing is is you have those little gate handles at either end, and you throw it on the ground. You know, you, you unhook one side and you throw it on the ground and it goes sparky, sparky. That's what happens with, with wire. <laughs> How does it go? Spark sparky, wood? sparky on the ground. Sparky, sparky. Well, this, they actually have retractable gates so that the, the tape on the gate, the tape that goes out to the handle that you stretch, retracts into this retractable winder thing. So it goes completely away when, you're not, when you have the gate open. It's so cool. I know, I have one. It's so, isn't it neat? It's the best thing ever, but apparently, after I saw the way Jennifer mounted yours, I mounted mine incorrectly. You didn't have the instructions we had. Huh. Probably not, but hers, <laughs> she's smarter. Your wife is smarter. That's why I love her, because she knows what she's doing. Um, mine was on sideways, and but it's the best thing since sliced bread. And it's funny, every time I bring somebody new out to my fields and I show it to them, they're like, oh, that's awesome. I know. You know, it's and it's such reaction. a simple thing, know. you know. <laughs> but Wendy, it really is. Wendy saver. saw them yesterday and was like, "That's really cool." <laughs> <laughs> We're such geeks. Oh, we are. We're all horse people. We're all horse people are geeks, especially when it comes to things like this. So I can't recommend them enough. They're terrific. Fieldguardian.com. Jason is the owner there, and he'll actually talk to you. They have a guy named Scott who helps you with the plans. And if you have any problem at all when we're putting up, we called him a couple times, and Scott was right there to help us. They answered the phone. You know, they got on the phone right away, and it ju- they were just there to help us. They're a pretty big company, too, and a lot of this is made in the United States, which is really nice as well. They're out of That's uh, always going to make me buy. Yep. yep. So like them, fieldguardian.com is my tack and habit pick of the week from personal experience. Excellent. I, I asked uh, Beaker if he would join in and uh, let us know what he thinks of the our horse, let us know what he thinks of the fencing, but he didn't want to be on the air. He's a little shy. So. He's a little shy. Yes, yes, yes. Beaker's my my new boyfriend. Oh, yeah. You like Beaker because he's a red. I like him. Because yeah. he is. I do. But no, he's sweet and smart and he's beefy. This, he's, he'd make a good marriage prospect. Sweet, smart, and beefy. What else do you need in a man? Your husband will be happy to hear this one, too. I know. My husband will be happy to hear. Oh, and we do have a bit of news. Should I save it yeah. for next week? Oh, save it for or next should week. I tell Let's keep it. Save it for waiting. next week. Helena's got some, 
it's already good news. All right, so we'll good. Uh, tune in next week. Yeah, we got to wrap the show anyway, don't we? And if you want to find out what that news is, you got to log on to stablescoop.com and you will find out. If you want to find out more about today's guest, Jamie Cohen, equine sports massage therapist, if you want to find out more By about the way, he's Stable out of Scoop, Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts area. He is. He's in the. He's in in New England, but he does travel. He'll. He's down in Florida. He'll go to Lexington. He will go where you go. Um. So anyway, if you want to find out more about him and uh, Fence Guardian and all of our sponsors, it's easy. Just log on to stablescoop.com and all the details will be there. And remember, we love to hear from you. So join us on oh, Facebook under Stable Scoop or which, send us email. Speaking of which, we have to give a shout out to the the guy who emailed about last week's show. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, we His do. Name's John We're... Spaulding. He sent us an email, and he said, Helena was chatting about her love of fly masks on the last show, and I thought you would all enjoy this recent picture of my wife's warm blood and his critique of fly masks. Describe the picture. <laughs> it is, well, his name is Monty, and he's standing on the cross ties in a lovely barn, and he's wearing a fly mask, and his expression does indicate how he feels about them. We're going to post that on our Facebook page, so log on to Facebook Find us on Stable Scoop and see what Monty thinks of his fly mask. <laughs> Thank you, John. We appreciate you sending that over. It's funny. That's it, everybody. Don't forget we have nine shows on the network. And you can find them all at horseradionetwork.com. And tune in. Listen to Jamie and I in the morning show every morning, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. at horsesinthemorning.com. <laughs>